because of the blood of Jesus, it covers you. So when he looks at us, he's not looking at you because if he was looking at you, you ain't holy. I ain't blameless. We both got a whole bunch of faults. But because we are in Christ by faith, we are in Christ and the blood of Christ cleansed us, washed us, made us clean. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus. So we stand faultless. Now, what keeps us in this position of being faultless? What keeps us in this position of being blameless or flawless? You know, what keeps us in faith? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to walk in victory. You got to know who you are. You got to know what God says about you. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. You stand on the word of God. Word of God. Okay, we're going to start at Colossians 1. And I'm going to read starting at verse 3 all the way down. And then we're going to go back and we're going to pull out and pull out uh, moments where it really magnifies um, God's compassion in our life. But before I do that, I want to talk about what compassion is. And one of the definitions that I found was compassion is sympathy and concern for the suffering of others. And we'll also be looking at uh, the mercy of God as well. And mercy is compassion and forgiveness. So compassion really, um, like I said, having sympathy, being empathetic to someone's situation, um, understanding is another word that I've heard to describe compassion, understanding where somebody is, what somebody has been through, um, and and it gives us the capacity to forgive. We talked about forgiveness um, last month, and we're still going to kind of talk about that this month. Uh, compassion really just gives us that capacity to forgive. It helps us forgive. Um, it helps give us a perspective of somebody else to really, uh, you really have to walk in true humility to have compassion because it requires you to not focus on you, but to try to understand or put yourself in somebody else's position. And we know that Jesus did that for us. You know, God sent his son to the earth and he walked where we walked. He felt everything that we felt, yet he did not sin, but he felt all those things. And now he understands and he has compassion for us and our walk as being human beings in our humanity. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. This is really setting the foundation of us really looking at what compassion really means. And my heart for this Bible study throughout this month would be that we really reflect um, every, every moment we have where we can really act and be moved by compassion that we will do it. Um, I know for me, this has been a challenge. I Even as I study God's word and I've been preparing, it's like, wow, it really showed myself that there is a lot more of compassion that needs to grow in my life. Um, because we live in a world where it really makes us want to focus on self. And that's not what God requires us to do as, he's, as his children. Uh, we're supposed to think the best of each other. We're supposed to love each other. We're supposed to have compassion 
kindness, gentleness, all these things. Um, and I believe, you know, love is the most important thing. We talked about that abiding in God's love, his love abides in us. And that love will cultivate this compassion that we should have, which now gives us the capacity to forgive, to be kind, to be gentle, to give a helping hand. Um, this, this word compassion is, is so important for ministry because we are supposed to go out not to stay in the four walls of the church. We're supposed to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus and talk to the drug addicts, the prostitutes, um, the misfits, and let them know that God loves them. And if we're not walking in compassion and doing that, we're going to walk in judgment. We're going to be very cynical, you know, so those, um, so this word is really important. And so we're going to look at this this month. So let's dig into the scriptures. The first scripture I want to uh, give you before we go to Colossians one is just to show you there's a scripture in Psalms 103 verse 13. It says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So God himself has compassion towards us. Okay. Um, Lamentations 322. This is amplified It is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed because his tender compassion never fails. I love that. Uh, cause we, you know, we should be consumed the wrath of God. It should, I mean, for all the things that we've done and the way that we live and how we sin every single day, but because of his loving kindness, we are not consumed because of his compassion towards us. Okay. So I just wanted to throw those out there, um, just to show God has compassion. I mean, that's actually in the scripture, but we're also going to look at scriptures where we can see his, uh, see his actions of compassion towards us. All right, Colossians 1, here we go. We're going to start at verse 3. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, 
who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He exists before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rules, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He exists before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who, ri who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes who were once far away from God. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated by him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet, now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault, my God. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in him. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the suffering of Christ that continued for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility to serve his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches of glory of Christ the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Oh goodness, this is so good. All right, so I wanted to read through it first to kind of let you read what this chapter is talking about. Now we're going to look at it from the perspective of how God shows his compassion to us. So the first thing is God's compassion gives. That's what we can pull from this, um, from this passage. So let's look at Colossians 1, 9 through 10. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. God's compassion because of his son, Jesus now allows us or now allows us to receive. And he gives through his compassion, the understand his complete knowledge of his will. So we can know his will and we can 
um, grow in spiritual wisdom. That is beautiful. We're not looking on the outside, wondering who this God is now. Because of his compassion, we are now close with him and he gives us wisdom, knowledge. There's so much more he gives, but I'm just going from this scripture. He gives us that. So we can no longer make this excuse of, I don't know. Well, God gives us knowledge and spiritual wisdom. It's given to us. Now, if we don't receive it, then that's on us. But his compassion gave that to us and we didn't deserve it. And that is so beautiful. Um, and then it goes on to say, then the way you live will honor, always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. So not only now do we receive the knowledge and the wisdom, but now we can produce something good in us. Oh, that is so good. And it's not something that we do. It's the Holy Spirit in us now that that produces every kind of good fruit. And all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So not only does he give us knowledge, not only does he give us wisdom, but now he gives us opportunity to grow and to know him more. This is the great almighty God. But because of his loving kindness, because of his mercy, because of his compassion, we can know him. We can not only know of him, but we can know him. We can understand what his will is for our lives and understand more and more about the spiritual world that we're living in. So we're not walking around dumbfounded. We're not walking around blind. He has given us access to him in this way. So he, his compassion gives. And we know that it gave, the first thing it gave us was his son. For God so gave, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So he gave Jesus first. And because of Jesus, now we have access to these other things that he gives. And he keeps on giving every single day he gives to us because of his compassion. All right. So, and I'm going to speak from a place, I'm not going to assume that everybody understands the character of God. And I tell you what, I know that's one of my assignments. I want people to know God. I want people to know my daddy. I want them to know him the right way, not the religious way, but the right way. And the only way you can know him the right way is through Jesus Christ, who puts you in right standing with God. Okay, so the next thing that I pulled from this passage is Colossians 1 and 13, um, uh, Colossians 1, 13 and 14, God's compassion rescues. It says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I tell you, this, this study just makes me thankful be honest. So he, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We were, we were in sin. We were in darkness. We couldn't see, we couldn't comprehend God's love. We were, you know, striving to, to prove this and to work for this. And in our, in our hearts were hard. He rescued us from the grip of death, from the evil one and bought us into this kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave us for our sins, sins that we have done in the past, sins that we gonna do today and sins that are gonna happen in our future. He rescued us because if he hadn't, 
we would experience his full wrath, we would have died. But because of his compassion, he has rescued us. And I thank God for that. Okay, so um, God's compassion makes peace. We're going to look at uh, verse 19. Makes peace. God's compassion makes peace. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you and me who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. But because of his compassion, he has made peace with us. We are at peace with God. That was one of the thoughts that really gripped me when I first got saved, that I am at peace with God. Because I used to, I don't know, I, well, even, well, as I was learning the character of God, I just, I guess I never really understood that I was at peace with him and that he was at peace with me. Like, we're not at odds. He's not mad at you. It says he made peace with everything in the heaven and on earth. We are on earth. We are at peace with God. He's not angry with you. He's not mad at you. He, you know, hasn't rejected you. Maybe that has happened in your life, but God, he doesn't do that. You are at peace with him. So he, he is in your presence. You are in his presence. He loves you. He adores you. He has saved you. He has rescued you. You are at peace with God. So Whatever those thoughts that try to tell you that you're not, and I don't care what you have done. If your heart is postured to please your daddy, you are at peace with God because of his compassion towards us. And remember what we said, compassion is concern for the suffering of others. He was so concerned about us. He loved us so much that he knew that we cannot make it without a savior. So his compassion brought Jesus here so that we can be at peace with him. So you are at peace with God. You may be at odds with everybody else. And if you do, you know, work on that. But with God, you are at peace with him, okay? All right, this may be an immature study, but I feel like we gotta lay foundation, y'all know. When I get to the first week of a new topic, we got to go, we got to go to the basics. And these are the basics. And these are great reminders as well. All right. Um, God's compassion cleanses. We're going to go down to verse 22. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And I love this. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. His, comp his compassion cleanses us because we know before Christ, he could not look at us. He cannot stand it because we were sin. We were in sin, living in sin, and there was nothing that... I mean, we know that there was that sacrificial offering that had to be offered in order for us to uh, be forgiven for our sins. 
But because of Jesus, now we can, what does it say? Stand before him without a single fault. We are holy and blameless. He has cleansed us from our sins. This is because he loves us, because of his compassion. Yes, you are holy, you are blameless, and you stand before him without a single fault. Now, what did Paul talk about earlier in the chapter? The good news. That is the good news. And it don't make sense because it's like, wait a minute now, I just did something wrong, yet I stand before him uh, without a single fault. That's because you're standing before him in Christ. It says the blood, the blood, God's blood has covered you. And that was, uh, what was that? The scripture above, um, scripture, let's see, 19 and 21, verse 19 and 21, uh, by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So because of the blood of Jesus, it covers you. So when he looks at us, He's not looking at you because if he was looking at you, you ain't holy. I ain't blameless. We both got a whole bunch of faults. But because we are in Christ by faith, we are in Christ and the blood of Christ cleansed us, washed us, made us clean. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus. So we stand Faultless. Now, what keeps us in this position of being faultless? What keeps us in this position of being blameless or flawless? You know, what keeps us there? Faith. It's not our actions. It's our faith. And God's compassion has made that possible for us now. Because without it, we could not be blameless and holy without effort after effort after effort after effort that we could never achieve. But because of the blood of Jesus, because of his compassion towards us, all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is have faith and we remain <laughs> in this position of faultless, of blameless, of holy. Not because of us, but because of Jesus. And that, that's good. That is the good news. And it requires faith because with logic, it don't make not a near sense, but in the spirit, in faith. Yes, yes. And that is what is required. That's why the enemy is after your faith. He wants to, because that's, that's really, that's it. That's what activates it all. That's what puts you, that's what pleases God. That's what puts you in right standing with God is your faith in Jesus. So the enemy tries to attack that and he tries to use earthly things and offense and this and that and all this other pettiness that he tries to use to get you. He, he ain't after your dreams. He, he ain't after all that. He ain't even after your car. He ain't after your house. He don't care about all that. That's at, he can, he has access to all of that. What he doesn't have access to is your faith and he's trying to get it. And he's trying to get you out of position because he knows that in your position of faith, oh, there is authority. There is power. He doesn't want that from you. So let's not abuse this compassion of God that we have. He has given us his compassion. He has shown compassion towards us so that we can stay in this position so that we can be cleansed. We can be holy. We can be blameless. I'm going to get off this point, but it's such a good one. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, God's compassion reveals, it reveals. Duh, let's go down to verse 26. 
This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. So God's compassion revealed it to us. It was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now we, we get to understand God and his love and his grace and his truth. We get to understand that he revealed it to us. And so now that literally for me, that means that he opened our eyes. He allowed us to see, he revealed to us the good news. He revealed to us the mysteries of Christ. He revealed to us his heart. We have access to it now because of his word, being able to be in his presence as we worship him and he downloading things into us and giving us vision and giving us wisdom, all those things that he's given us, but he's also revealed that to us. So that, and, and, if you really look at the Old Testament before Christ, it wasn't revealed. So it was really based off of logic and knowledge, like human knowledge and human effort. Um, but now he showed us what it takes to please him. I'm thankful for that. Okay. Um, God's compassion gives assurance. Okay. So verse 27 for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Woo, I love that. I love that. Christ lives in me. And now that gives me the assurance that I share in God's glory. So his compassion now towards us not only gives us knowledge and gives us wisdom, but it gives us assurance, we can, which hope, it gives us hope. We can have hope that we are going to share in God's glory, that he is going to be with us and use us to bring glory to his name, that we are going to have eternal life, that God is taking care of everything that we need. He, all of that, it gives us hope. It gives us hope and understanding that we live in a world that's becoming more and more hopeless. And so let's take advantage, let's appreciate, let's be thankful of this compassion that God has shown us that gives us the assurance of him, the assurance of Jesus, that it is finished, that everything I need and all the promises that he's given me will come to pass, will happen in my life, that everything is working for my good. There's so much hope and assurance that we can find in him because of his compassion towards us. All right, that's good, that's good. Okay, let's go to, um, we're gonna now skip over to Colossians 2. Colossians 2, it's a lot of word today, but I'm not gonna apologize, this is a Bible study. All right, so um, we'll just start at verse one. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church of Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. And this is Paul talking. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong tides of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we just read that we receive the wisdom and knowledge of God 
and access and revelation of his plan through compassion. I'm telling you this so no one will receive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down in him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against you and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Oh my goodness, so good. Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments and it grows as God and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't touch, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teaching about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but, I love this, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Ugh. <laughs> I got to stay focused on our topic because this is so good. Oh, there's so much I can break down. Ooh, there's so much we can talk about in this chapter, but we're talking about God's compassion. All right. So we're going to do the same thing we did with chapter one. We're going to pull out uh, places that magnify God's compassion and really God's compassion towards us is everywhere. But okay. So we're going to go to verse six. God's compassion allows us to grow. And this is really, really important. This is very important because um, we know that this is a process, that we are on this journey of becoming more like God. We are on this journey of be being better and doing better and understanding more and growing in God's love, okay? All right, so let's read it. Uh, verse six, and now... 
Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So that's the first thing. We have to continue to follow him, okay? Yes, God has given, shown us compassion. There's still something that we have to do. So we have to continue to follow him. Then it says, let your roots grow down in him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. So again, let your roots grow down in him. And that reminds me of when we were talking about in John chapter 15 about abiding in God, you know, being rooted in him. Uh, Ephesians 6 talks about let the love, uh, let your roots grow deep in God's love. So this is very important. Our, we have to allow our roots to get down and grow down in him. And then it says, let your lives be built on him. So everything that you do, the reasons why you do it, it all should be on the foundation of Christ, not self, but on Christ. Then, so if we do those things, then, so this sounds like a promise to me, your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Oh yes. So his compassion has now given us an opportunity to grow in our faith. So the measure of faith that he has given us when we first received Christ, it does not have to stay that way. If you don't find yourself making more faith moves as you grow, something's wrong. We should be growing in our faith. We should be the things that gave us fear or maybe, uh, uh, worry or concern years ago that we should be able to say, Oh, psh, I know God, I know my daddy going to come through. I nope, I, I am struggling with that no more. It's a decision that we have to make if it's in finances or if it's in moving somewhere or whatever it is we've seen. I know I'm going to say we, cause I know my daddy has shown up for you too. We have seen God move on our behalf. We have seen him come through. We have never lacked for anything because we are his baby girls and sons. Okay, baby boys, if men are listening. We are his children. He ain't gonna, he, come on now. I mean, daddy, daddy, he got it together. He's a good, good father. So he's going to take care of us. So our faith should be growing. He has given us his access to grow in his faith, but with the instruction of, we gotta follow Christ, we gotta let our roots grow deep in Christ. How do you do that? Reading God's word. You read God, God's word and your roots will grow deeper in Christ and let your lives be built on him. So how do you do that? Command your soul. You tell your soul, no, you ain't gonna have your way. We worship, we worship God. Everything I do is for Christ, checking your motives, making sure that you're loving and obeying God and you're following, you're being a Christ representative, uh, representative, a Christ ambassador. You're, you're wanting to live like Jesus and the things that you do are building the kingdom. Your will is lining up with God's will and his purpose for your life. Your faith, then your faith will grow. Your faith will grow. That's so good. It will grow in the truth you were taught, the truth of God's word. And not only that, but then it overflows with thankfulness. And this, to me, that's a gift. I mean, to have thankfulness in your heart, 
is a beautiful thing, but for it to overflow, that means that your thankfulness is not only snowballing in your life, but now it's, it's being contagious to other people. And that is so, um, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing. Okay. So I, I thank God for having compassion on us and allowing us to grow and giving us the instructions of how to grow in our faith. Cause we just talked about it. Faith is the most important thing It's what pleases God. Um, well, love, love and faith, but the greatest of these is love, but your love is what prompts you, pushes you, uh, draws you to grow more in Christ and it builds your faith. That's how it works together. That's good. All right. Um, God's, let's see, we're going to go down to verse eight. God's compassion makes us complete or it completes. Okay. God's compassion completes Colossians two, verse eight. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So you are complete through your union with Christ. God's compassion has made us complete. You are complete. And I know I want to talk to those who may feel like, but see, I'm missing something. I don't have this, or I don't have this talent. I don't have this ability. I don't have this, that I don't know how to do that. You are complete. You are complete because you are in union with Christ and God's compassion has made us complete. Now, without Christ, we were not complete. We were broken, lacking so much, unable to do anything, not qualified, nothing, just, just straight up mess. But because of our union with Christ, now all those broken pieces are one. We are complete and everything that we need Everything that God has called us to do is already in us because we are in Christ. And that is, I, remind yourself this daily if you have to, especially if you struggle with self-esteem. You, I think one of the biggest things if you have self-esteem issues is thinking that you don't have enough or that you're lacking in something or that something isn't right. You are right. You're in right standing with God. You are complete. You are in union with Christ. So everything that you need is already in you. Now, is it developed? That's a different story. You still got to develop it. And that goes back to what we just read about faith because that faith is what's going to activate these things in you that God has called you and qualified you to do. It's by faith because if it's by your works, it ain't from God. It's faith that's going to grow those things. We talked about that and it's going to reveal what's in you. And so you really are complete. It's just the process, the growth, the growing in your faith, growing in God and him showing you all that he's created you to do. But you got to believe you have to believe that you are complete. You are complete. Everything about you is beautiful. Everything about you is just the way that God wanted it to be. Everything about you is powerful. Everything about you is bold. Everything about you is relentless. Everything about you has authority. There's so much in you and it's complete. 
it's done. It just needs to be developed in you or I don't even know if it's even safe to say that you just need to become aware that it's in you. That might even be the better way because it's, it's, it's finished. It's already done, but you just have to be aware or God reveals it to you when he feels that you're prepared. There's so much you could, there's a, there's a lot of ways you can look at that. Cause sometimes I think God be like, she ain't ready. She ain't ready for what's in her. She, she ain't ready. She gonna be too arrogant. She gonna, you know what I mean? So sometimes he just gotta like, let us do us. Let us work it out. And when it's the right time, as we grow more in God and his word and our faith grows and we become more and more humble and understand that it's not about us because that's the process. We're humans and we got to learn how to surrender all that. And, you know, um, then he'll show us how complete we are. Okay. All right, um, let's go down to verse 11. God's compassion cuts away. Um, when you came to Christ, verse 11, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him, you were raised to life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So God's compassion cut, cut away our sinful nature. Oh, and that, I mean, if you, if you watch the Bible study from not last week, cause we were on spring break, but the week before, you know, we talked about how the power of sin is broken, but God's compassion, uh, it cut is cutting away, cutting away of our sinful nature. What does it say? Um, the circumcision Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. And this is something that also is a process of cutting, cutting away we no longer are slaves to the power of sin. We talked about that. But our souls, our flesh still be trying to show its ugly head. And we got to go through the process of Christ cutting all that away, getting all that out. And that don't feel good. It does not feel good. But it is God showing his compassion. I would rather him cut that away than cut me away. Go ahead, take it, Lord. Take it. I don't, I don't want it. Nope. Because if it's going to separate me from you, if it's going to stop me from doing what you've called me to do, if it's if it's the other option than dying, go ahead and cut it away. I appreciate that. Thank you very good much. Cut it, right? We don't want to be attached to our sinful nature. We don't want our sinful nature to grow. Uh, let's see. Let's see. John 15, 7 or somewhere talks about how that branches that wither, they got to be cut off. They got to be cut off. Why? Because they could contaminate something that's pure and beautiful that's growing. We don't want our sinful nature to take over our spiritual nature. Romans talks about, I want to say Romans 8 maybe or somewhere around there, talks about how, I'm not good with addresses, y'all. I'm so sorry. But it talks about um, you either serve your sinful nature or you serve your spiritual nature which one are you going to serve and we now are living whatever we and we talked about this whatever we um obey controls us right we don't want to be controlled by our sinful nature and so christ is cutting away daily cutting away those areas in our lives that is our sinful nature our flesh that includes unforgiveness being offended, cussing people out, 
all that stuff that, you know, lying, having an attitude to, you know, all those things that need to need to be gone. Christ is constantly cutting that away. But remember that if we stay in God, grow in him, our faith will grow. We're going to be renewed. We're going to be transformed. It's going to happen. But God's compassion giving us that. I mean, he is just, I don't know about you. I'm just going through this Bible study. I'm like, God has just done so much for us. I mean, he really, really has because he understood that we were, that we were shepherds. Um, Matthew 9, 36. Uh, this was Jesus, but when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And God knew that he, you know, he's like, oh, poor children, they need help. <laughs> and we did, you know, so I just, I don't know. This is just the thankfulness, right? The overflowing of thankfulness. Oh, it's so good. And and, and I, I, I believe that these scriptures, I hope you're writing them down because they can create a spirit of thankfulness in you. The, when you think about the goodness of God and all that he's done for you, I mean, really, like your soul begins to cry. Your spirit just rejoices. It really does something for you. It really does. Okay, so I'm going to keep going. Um, And let's see. Let's go down to verse 13. God's compassion forgave. We know this. We know this. Uh, 13, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He forgave it all. We talked about this last month. It's something that is, is what we believe. We believe as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, that through Jesus, our sins are forgiven. And it was because of God's love and compassion towards us that he forgave all of our sins. Your sins are forgiven. They're forgiven. They're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, the Bible says. And you need to know that. And when you do, it really gives you a heart of thankfulness for God, for what he's done for us. Okay, let's do verse 14. God's compassion disarms. Oh, I love this one. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Oh, I gotta say it again. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. God's compassion disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities over our lives. So you better tell them devils to go have several seats because they are disarmed. They don't control you. No spirit of evil, wickedness, bitterness, offense, lust, I don't care what it is. None of that controls you. It has been disarmed. And if it is controlling you, it's because you don't know the authority that's in you. You speak life to yourself, speak life to your situation because they don't have power. You have a power and authority through Christ, right? Pray in your authority of Christ over it. But God's compassion disarmed that because without it, they would control us. Because in our human self, we don't have the power. We don't have no power and authority to tell no demons to go sit nowhere. 
only through Jesus. Only through Jesus. And those spirits recognize the spirit of Jesus. They know when it's a phony and when it's real. There's a scripture, I don't know where it is, where, you know, there were these men trying to cast out demons in, you know, in the name of Jesus. And the demon spoke back to them and said, now, I know who Paul is and I know who Jesus, I, I think they said Paul. I know who Paul is. I know who Jesus is, but who are you? <laughs> right? But when we come covered by the blood of Jesus, when we come embracing God's compassion over our life and walking in that authority, we know we ain't scared. We ain't scared because they disarmed. They're disarmed. You can't be afraid of the devil and his minions. No, they are disarmed only by the power of Jesus. Only. Only, only, only. And so know your authority, walk in your authority. That's a good one. I'm telling you, no, no, no. And this is the scripture that anytime fear, mm, let me talk to this. Anytime fear tries to grip you, that's a spirit. The spirit. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So anytime the spirit of fear is trying to come against you, you better go to Colossians 2, 14 and 15, and you read this and you speak this. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He disarmed fear. He disarmed shame. He disarmed guilt. He disarmed it. It doesn't control you any longer. It does not have authority over you any longer because of his compassion. He knows that without Christ, those spiritual authorities and principalities will try to wreak havoc over us and cause so much suffering. And, you know, you can read, you can read through the gospels of how demons were, were just going through people's bodies and having them do certain things and they couldn't be controlled, you know, but those things have been disarmed and you have now, you got to believe that by faith, by faith. Okay, this is my last one. Um, I have more, but I'm, I'm going to stop here. Uh, the last one, we're going to go down to verse 18. God's compassion nourishes. It says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial uh, or the worship of angels saying that they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds, for listen to this, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. So if any human tries to take credit for your whatever, whatever's happening in your life, for your uh, growth, for your gifts, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. No, nah, mm -mm -mm. you can't take credit for me growing. You can't take credit for the kingdom of God growing. God nourishes it. What does it say? The simple minds have made them proud. So if people try to take credit for what God is doing in your life, no, no, no. That's a sign that there's pride there and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body for he holds the whole body together. So Christ holds the body together. How does he do that? 
us being united in love. That's how he holds it together. What is uh, Colossians 3, um, where it reads about uh, bound together by love? That is how Christ holds us together because he requires us, if you are my disciple, you will keep my commandments. What is his commandment? So we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And the second commandment is just as great. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is how we are identified as Christ's disciples by love, right? So Christ. And our love for Christ, our love for God, our love for each other is what holds the body together with this joints and ligaments and the body. We're all different. We all play a different part. Don't hate on the finger. Don't hate on the toe. Don't hate on the eyes. Don't hate on the ears. Love them, right? Love them. And it grows as God nourishes it. His compassion has put us in a position now that we are nourished by him. We grow as a body. We grow as believers. The world needs this, y'all. The world needs to see us come together, being unified in Christ and God nourishing it. But if we're so separated, what good is that? What good, what good is if my arm is cut off from my body? It, it can't, it can't operate on its own. We need each other and we are bound together by the love of Christ, believing in him, knowing, having that same mission, right? That same assignment, that same purpose. Now, I mean, not same assignments, different assignments, but same purpose. Our purpose is to draw people to Christ, lead people to the cross teach people about how they can be saved, how they could be in right standing with God. God created them. So they have this yearning, this desire to worship something. And if nobody goes out and tells them, how would they know to go back to who created them, which was God. And when we do that, and when we keep love as the most important thing, and we teach God's word, which what faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, we teach God's word, their faith is going to grow and God nourishes that. And he does it, not humans, not self. I don't care how much lights, great music, how wonderful you can speak. None of that. We don't take credit for none of it. How great and mighty your prayers are, how wonderful and anointed your voice is. Those things, they edify the body. They really do. And well, when you're, when you're using them in love, then they, you know, they, they are purposeful. Absolutely. And they're necessary, but we can't take credit for any of that. We can't boast. It is only God's compassion. God's compassion has now given us access, capacity, authority, relationship. Oh my gosh. It has given us so much God's compassion towards us. We didn't deserve it. We still don't deserve it, but yet he's given it and he doesn't, he shows his compassion all the time. And I tell you what, you know, I don't, I don't want to ever live my life forgetting daily what God has done for me daily on a daily basis. Let's not our hearts get hardened towards that. Let's keep our hearts moldable. Let's keep our hearts in a position of thankfulness 
let's understand how beautiful God's compassion is for us. Now, you're probably wondering, maybe if you follow the Bible study and maybe it's not a big deal to you, but you might be wondering why, why are we talking about compassion? Well, the goal is that we would all walk in this same compassion towards each other. That is the goal. That's that. That's the mission that God gave me, okay, for the Bible study, is that we will all walk in this. And so I believe the best example we can ever have is the example of our father. So I want to magnify his compassion in our life so that it can be our reminder, our milestone, you know, our, our thing which we pull from when we're in situations where we, you know, have the opportunity to use compassion. We can look at, okay, well, God, God did this for me. God has allowed me to grow. So I should probably allow that person to grow. God has revealed things to me about who he is, you know? So I, now that I know that I got to share it, I don't care what that person's gone through. You know, compassion doesn't look in judgment. It just doesn't. And if it did, then we wouldn't have access to God like we do. But it's understanding somebody's situation. God understood. He understood us. He understood that Adam was the reason for the big fall. He understood that, you know, and he wanted to make us right. He wanted us to get back in the position that we were supposed to be in in the first place. Um, and he and he continues to give us that opportunity daily, daily. So that is all I have for today. Um, I didn't get to everything that I had planned, but this was good. I think it was good. Plus, we got a chance to go through Colossians 1 and 2. Because um, I really be like, man, I just want to go through these chapters. I just, I just love breaking them apart. Go back through them, Colossians 1 and 2. I'm sorry that my bangs is in my face. I'm doing a lot of this today. But um, go through Colossians 1 and Colossians 2. And just pull out more. There's, there's more of God's compassion in there. It really, really is. And allow God to reveal to you and allow it to be what he, what he convicts you about, what he uh, teaches you, you know, gives you revelation about yourself. Um, and then we'll come back next week. And I think we're going to go ahead and um, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure if I'm going to get to what I tried to get to, because I was going to talk about how God's compassion gives us access to his rest. Um, that's Hebrews four. So if you want to go check that out, uh, that's really, really good. And then I was going to talk about how um, and from that, how God, how God's compassion gives us his grace. And then we were going to go over to Romans 9 and talk about how um, God chooses who he shows compassion towards. He chooses. And if you go to verse 15 and 18, actually, it might be before that. But if you read that, it talks about how um, he had showed mercy and compassion and and you know, with Pharaoh and why and how he is not about the good and bad you do. Go ahead and read it. I just let you read it because I can't do it any justice by trying to rush through it. Um, okay. Well, that's all that I have. I will see you next week. I pray that you have a blessed, blessed week. And I want you to roll bass, you know, love in, be in the love of God and in his compassion and let it overflow with thanksgiving out of your soul. In Jesus' name, you have a blessed day. Goodbye.